The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello. Before we get into this week's episode, we just want to talk to you about a couple of things. The first is we would like to thank the folks who have left us reviews. So we want to thank Danielle for a very, very kind Facebook review and M Granger 04 and Caroline, who is in Germany, for some very kind iTunes reviews and Patrice and Pearls for leaving us a review on Stitcher. And Jesse, I don't know if you've seen these reviews yet, but uh, M Granger 04 on iTunes in their review uh, said something about how they don't know how we'll still have content to talk about in a couple of books. And I thought that that was really funny and thought that maybe we should talk about the fact that we both literally already have so many notes written and ready and like social media posts saved for like books and books from now i already have a today's headline written for book seven so don't yeah worry. no i definitely have i definitely have memes saved for all of the future books and honestly because the other books get are so like rich with things to talk about and to be angry about and to love and to make fun of so really it's just it's just really gonna ramp up from here <laughs> like yeah <I'm... laughs> i i think also like something i was thinking about is like yeah we do we do talk a lot about things from other books in the episodes and sometimes i've been like oh man we're gonna have to talk about that again when we get to it in the book but then i think about the fact that when something that we're talking about now that happens in book four actually happens, it will have been actual years since you all heard us talk about <laughs> this in book one. So it's not like you'll be like, oh my God, they just talked about this. <laughs> It'll be completely wiped from your memory unless you're just like listening to our wonderful podcast on endless loops and then it will be fresh in your memory but we'll still say new things so i mean we're probably gonna say different things about it because i have so many feelings about books three and beyond so yeah and especially books three four and five which are some of my personal favorites so yeah i mean so don't worry m granger <laughs> we're here for you we've got you it's gonna be just fine <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thank you all for your reviews. And just with that to everybody else, if you could pretty please go leave us reviews. Um, I have been listening again. I didn't for a long time and then just started again listening to LeVar Burton Reads, which is like the best thing in the entire world, especially for like chilling out at night. 
and look, it's LeVar fucking Burton, and he asks at the beginning and the end of every episode for people to go leave iTunes reviews, and if that doesn't tell you how important iTunes reviews are, I don't know what possibly could. So please go leave us iTunes reviews if you like us and want to leave us five-star reviews. And you should definitely be listening to LeVar Burton reads and leaving him four stars because it's fucking LeVar Burton. Five so. star reviews, not four stars. Oh, how many stars does it go up to? I should know this. Yes, leave him Five. all of the star reviews because he's great. He's a cultural icon and a national treasure. The other thing that we wanted to say is um, if you're not following us on social media already, what are you doing with your life this is a podcast but there is a substantial visual component to this newspaper that we're bringing to you including every saturday you get a comics like a saturday morning cartoon section that uh our cartoonist theo julian forrester creates based on the episode this week it's it was a like super super hot madam hooch cartoon um which you all need in your lives. Slash yes, we all exactly. Lives. Uh, we also, like, again, I make uh, cover art for every episode that is like goes with the title. Um, we made a bunch of Valentines for you. There's just, like, a lot of good stuff going on over there. That's also, like, where we announce stuff. Like the fact that we put up a public for everyone on our patreon we put up an issue of our gossip column witch weekly which is where we are mean about things that are quote-unquote witchy and not harry potter and this week it is a solid 45 minute rant about a (laughs) white man with dreadlocks who claims to be an esoteric spiritualist but apparently is actually some sort of weird fundamentalist christian I really think that you'll like it. So you should go over to patreon.com slash the gaily profit and it's, it's free for everybody. So you don't need to be a patron to check that out. Um, it also has its own magazine cover that I made for you all. So follow us on social media so that you will not miss out on all of these wonderful things that we make for you. Um, okay, so the last thing that we're going to tell you about before we get into the episode is that we have a Facebook poll up and it will be up until tomorrow. So it's up as of the day that this is released, which is Tuesday the 19th. It will go be up through Wednesday the 20th. It is asking about how you feel about our format. So if you are into this uh, A, B thing about two chapters at a time that we've been doing, or if you would prefer that we do one episode at it or one chapter at a time, um, we will also, we put one up on Instagram, but because you're all going to go follow us on socials now, if you aren't already, we're going to put another one up in our Instagram stories the day that this episode comes out and then again the following day because Instagram stories only last for a day. Uh, the feedback that we've gotten so far, so far, everyone on Facebook wants us to go one chapter at a time. Everyone on Instagram likes the AB format. What does that say about the different social platforms? I don't know. But please do go let your voice be heard because we are willing to, you know, accommodate your desires. If you miss the polls, if they go down before you listen to this, you can absolutely drop us an email at thegailyprofit at gmail.com and let us know. You can also, you know, slide into our DMs anywhere that we are on socials. So with that, 
Hello and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And uh, today we're going to be talking about chapters 11, Quidditch, in which Harry plays Quidditch for the first time and nearly dies because Hooch is bad at her job. <laughs> Accurate. And then chapter 12, Mirror of said, in which Harry celebrates Christmas for the first time at Hogwarts and he discovers a mirror that allows him to see his family for the first time, which is very tragic. It's so tragic. We begin our journey into this week's newspaper with today's headlines. Continuing investigation of Hogwarts reveals Gamekeeper regularly baits children with highly dangerous information. (laughs) (laughs) And... As Hogwarts' investigation continues, disturbing information about Albus Dumbledore surfaces. Sources say he is known to frequently make himself invisible to stalk and spy on children. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Man, I feel like we're going to get, like, not even in the middle of the second book to be like, Dumbledore is really the good guy, you guys? Not sure. No, I mean, I'm calling for his resignation today. <laughs> So that's that's where we've reached with Dumbledore. I mean, love you to bits, Albus, but you behave quite badly on a regular basis. I think literally the only people who seem qualified to be professors for real and teach children is like McGonagall, Flitwick, and Sprout. Yeah. Like no one else should be around children. No. Or deciding, you, or deciding things that will affect literally their entire lives. Right. I mean, d- dear grown adults, <laughs> never become invisible and follow children around. Full stop. Don't do that. It's not okay. Oh my god. Oh lord. <laughs> Alright, so okay. the, the, the front fr- page, do you want me to start? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the very first thing... In the very first page of this chapter, we have Hagrid defrosting broomsticks in more fur than a natural history museum. <laughs> I I have a little bit to say about that. Okay. Um, because, thank God, a moleskin coat is not actually fur. Yeah, actually, I had to... Oh, so, according to the dictionary on my e-reader it can either be actual moleskin or a kind of cotton that is sort of velvety on one side oh lord well <laughs> let's assume it's cotton uh, actually i'm going with the cotton because i like my notes were like how big is a mole how many moles <laughs> would it take to make a coat for hagrid oh my God. moles is so moles are the they're size like of rats they're smaller than rats i think they're like mice like sized unless they were Really, I think there's more than one kind of mole. That's fair. I'm pretty sure. However, unless there are yes. like giant moles in the Forbidden Forest, which who knows? Maybe there are. I really <laughs> hope it's the fabric. Because <laughs> yeah, I looked it up too. I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, so on that though, so I also 
once I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe like beaver skin boots are also just like a thing. Um, and it's not actually like made of beavers. So then I looked that up and fully unrelated to anything <laughs> having to do with Harry Potter. Apparently when you Google search beaver skin boots, oh, no. the first advertisement that results is for Shapewear USA. What? It's this, I don't know. It doesn't, it's called cocoon skin care butt booster panty what and it is compression gear that goes from your thighs to above your belly button but has cutouts for each butt cheek but like still a thong line going in the middle so that like your butt still jiggles naturally when you're dancing but everything else is compressed and it's like so i'm dead (laughs) can i i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you this link so that you can um why did this come up i kind of want to put the link to this in our show notes just so everyone else or maybe just maybe we'll post a screenshot on social because like what we should wait i'm trying to open i'm trying to open this link um okay that actually is somehow both more weird and not as weird as i thought you're gonna go when you're like the first google search result what do you what i don't know i guess i expected something real weird I mean, I mean, this is pretty weird. Given how unrelated this is to anything <laughs> having to do with the words beaver skin or boots, I don't know. Oh, I forgot the important part where these are infused with oats and milk to hydrate your skin. Wow. The description okay. says, okay. contains oats and milk, controls and shapes abdomen and thighs, lifts booty, invisible underclothes, comfortable for everyday wear. I'm pretty sure the butt in this photo is Photoshop. That does not look like actual skin. I don't think it no. even looks like the skin of the model. So I think that's a fake butt. That's absolutely a fake butt. Dude, if you put your body in something that's compression gear, but your butt cheeks are out, there's going to be some real weird lines. Like, it's not just going to look like that. It also just, it's going to be squeezy. That also just sounds real <laughs> chafy, which also does sound like It sounds so terrible. <laughs> Uh, but it contains a high level of protein and natural fats to hydrate your skin and improve its elasticity to give it softer and smoother appearance. And I guess in a survival situation, you can eat it. <laughs> oh, <no>. It's like <laughs> the blanket in the hitchhiker's guide. You just suck on the corner. Uh, yes. <laughs> so thank you, Harry Potter, for providing us with this very valuable information. I don't know. All right, so... I just... I died. Anyway, what does it mean to defrost a broomstick is my first note. Yeah, that actually is... Do you... What oh, is, sorry. With, like, a hairdryer? Like, what does he do? So, yeah, so, actually, I went a different direction about... Because, yeah, my first note actually is also related to him defrosting the brooms. Is that... A, why are they not indoors? Are they just hanging out in the field overnight? And number two... Which is actually going to be a theme of a lot of my commentary for these two chapters, is that this is a magic school. Why isn't Hooch fucking putting a charm on the fucking brooms to keep them warm? To defrost them? Like, she's a fucking witch. Like, Hagrid is doing this shit by hand. Like, using God knows what. A flame? A lighter? Like, I don't A rag? It's very confusing. He should not be doing this. It would take Hooch two seconds to defrost the fucking brooms. 
That lady is never to be found when it's not absolutely necessary. And you know, these two chapters really highlight that she just does a really fucking terrible job of her literal career. And even though... She needs to be fired. I mean, even though I'm out here to support uh, lesbian gym teachers, she's just really doing a terrible job. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely... It was like... why is this Hagrid's job? What does it mean to defrost a broomstick? What is Hagrid wearing? That was like my first three. Sounds like we were very much on the same the same beat for these because it's all wild. It's very confusing. It's an excellent visual, but it makes no fucking sense. I mean, is it an excellent visual? Because I can't pull up a visual <laughs> for it because I don't know what it means to defrost Maybe a broomstick. Maybe he has like one of those like car scrapers. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The paint would get all messed up. Um. <laughs> so my next front page note is about the fact that Snape is having Filch help him with these dog bites, but like he wasn't doing something sketchy when he got bit by the dog, so why would he not go to Madame Pomfrey? It seems really ridiculous also i'm pretty sure this is a while after halloween so why is he still having filch tend to his wounds and then while writing all of this out i reach the point of oh my god are they having an affair (laughs) (laughs) maybe they are having an affair i think i I think i would read that fan fiction actually yeah i probably would can you help me tend these wounds? Yeah. Let me lift my robes above my knees. You know, I, actually, you... I have a whole thing about this that I had in corrections. I would like to, I'd like to spend more time about this because I'm actually kind of angry about that whole, this whole thing. Okay, great. Yes, All right. we'll come back to it. This is also a very special chapter because this is the chapter that it dawns on Hermione that the rules don't fucking matter at Hogwarts. Like, they don't <laughs> matter true. and that... She could just lie to the teachers, and she's probably going to be believed because she's a really good student. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very much the rumblings of what we get in book five when she just fucking sicks a bunch of centaurs on Umbridge. Oh, can we not talk about that yet? Yeah, we don't have to. Um, so yeah, the rules don't matter. Also, Snape knows this and is still a dick because i mean snape is like the evidence that the rules don't matter he's like i made up a rule because i hate you right <laughs> take your book it is really also that was bullshit it's, it's also a library book are there not twenty thousand copies of quidditch through the ages There's only one at a school with children in it that seems doubtful i'm sure there's more than one well maybe i'm gonna talk about that library situation when we get to education okay but yeah i have some points about the library too i'm sure because it's a <laughs> lot <laughs> um, in which the, in which two nerds spend an hour complaining about what a fucking awful library is. yes uh so just real quick Seamus piles ketchup on his sausages, and I wrote, no, in my book, just to revisit the fact that I think the ketchup is revolting. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I have always hated ketchup, and literally as a child would eat mustard with a spoon. So I'm real weird, but ketchup skeeves me out. That's all. This is also the chapter where we learn that Snape does not wear pants under his robes, which... 
Nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah, but just, it's really fucking cold in this chapter. So if they could all just put on some long johns under their robes, I would feel a lot better about life. Yeah, it's like you would, you would need to be, you would need to be wearing like leggings or long johns or like 20 sweaters. Cause right, it's just like, I'm sure just robes is not that warm. Unless you're, yeah. unless you're, even if you had like wool robes. I am into right now. I'm imagining, um, like, like what, like sixteen, seventeen hundreds. Like you're wearing bloomers with like stockings <laughs> that button to your bloomers, you know, and like all these different oh weird God. puzzle clothes, and that's what they have going on underneath because they don't have elastic because they refuse to adapt to muggle probably not zippers either no nothing that you (laughs) can't hand tool so it's all just like nonsense they probably still use like sock suspenders probably oh my god so many muggle kids showing their wizard friends like fucking their velcro shoes (laughs) like must be like Priceless. Like, look how my stretchy socks stay up all on their own. <laughs> I don't have to, like, tie my underwear because it's got this sweet band that just stretches oh and then comes back to my body. <laughs> um, I think I only have a couple more. One is that, from Harry's description, Marcus Flint is another horribly inbred Slytherin. It's like they're like all Slytherins are like one shape and size except Malfoy. Like, what is that? I actually do have a point. Maybe it's in the next chapter that Draco and Blaze are the only like attractive Slytherins. Because <laughs> I feel like Drake. I feel like Blaze is described as being really, really handsome. Oh yeah, like he. I like, mean, he's a babe. yeah. His mom is, like, famous for being so hot that she lures man after man to their death for their money. I, so. I love her. I would read a whole book about her, because that sounds I know. fantastic. I, yes. So good. <laughs> oh. I know. I know. It's like, you are you are a legend. How? Why do we not know any more about you? Yeah. Great question. Uh, my next one says just dot 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 what is happening on page 190 so referencing my book Mm -hmm. that is in reference to the fact that harry's broom is freaking out and we're with hermione and hagrid and ron who are watching it and it says what are you doing okay so hermione takes hagrid's binoculars and starts scanning the crowd yeah and it says what are you doing? Moaned Ron, gray-faced. I don't know how to respond to that description of what Ron is... Like, she's looking at the crowd with binoculars. Why did you moan that question? Gray-faced. I don't know. It just, like, really makes me uncomfortable. I feel like... And I don't know if this is a corrections thing or not, but that little section you just described is also a POV change from Harry to question mark third person omnipotent or whatever POV is happening. And it's 
very distracting because I think literally in no other chapter of these books does do we go away from Harry's POV mid chapter. Like you know, she always has the like someone else POV chapter at the beginning of each book, but like never deviates from that. So it's very. It like it's, it's. I feel like there's one other time where Hagrid comes and like takes Ron and Hermione away, but I actually Harry might be there, so I don't. It's just it's very. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good. It's point. very. It's just very noticeable that it like happens, and then you're like, wait, what? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, that's really weird. But if it wasn't there, we would miss Hermione lighting Snape on fire. So. <laughs> That is fair. Thank God we got access to this information. (laughs) Uh, Fair. (laughs) That is my next note. And literally in my book, I just like drew like sparkle lines around the part where she lights him on fire. (laughs) What a hero. You suck as a teacher. I'm a light John fire. It's just amazing. That whole scene is like fucking flawless when she just scoops it back into a jar and like dips. You're just like, damn girl. <laughs> literally knew literally no one knew what just happened. Bravo. And that like that problem solving of like, oh my god, I think that teacher is cursing Harry. I'm gonna light him on fire. <laughs> like what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Um, And then to bring us totally down, my next note is Neville sobbing into Hagrid's coat is so tender and sad and oh my god. He sobs for five minutes! It's like, oh, Neville is like, literally I'm about to watch Harry die. So I can see why he's crying. He, this is definitely a moment where Neville needs a basket of kittens. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. It's so sad. And the fact that, like, he's doing this and, like, Harry and Ron are not friendly to him makes it even more tragic. If it makes you feel any better, um, Hagrid is probably gentle but forcefully patting him on the back and comforting him. Because that is Hagrid. Yeah. Oh, no. Hagrid's probably crying. <laughs> Hagrid is definitely also crying. <laughs> he has also been crying for the past five minutes. That might have actually just set Neville off. Because, like, I know sometimes the other people are crying. Oh, no. I feel like I need to cry. And so it's just like... Oh, God. A circle. A terrible circle. So sad. Yeah, Neville is such oh. a tender babe. And I just want to, like, protect him from all of the terrible things that are going to happen to him in the next seven books. So, we have you had a dog... Hagrid has named this dog Fluffy. Is this dog actually Fluffy? Because I, f- like, like, actual has Fluffy fur. Because now I'm like, maybe this is a three-headed poodle, or like a three-headed, like, chow-chow, and it's just, like, really fluffy, and I'm just like, I want to hug it even more. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you really want to hug a poodle? I don't think poodles are very cute. Sorry. No offense, poodle owners. I'm actually not crazy about dogs that have, like, the wiry hair, like, terriers and poodles. Like, the texture, I think, kind of weirds me out. But I would, I still, I would hug basically any dog, so. That's fair. Um, I always imagined it being more of a, like, you know, 
Rottweiler or Pitbull or, you know, something that has a very, like, large mouth. Uh, But I love the idea of it being a chow. Um, (laughs) The only thing I know about, really about chow chows is that Martha Stewart loves them and posts a lot of them on her Instagram. Because I love Martha Stewart and I follow her on Instagram. That's adorable. <laughs> um, I unironically love Martha Stewart. I just, I just, I don't know what it is about it. You don't need to apologize. Own it. <laughs> um, my last for this is just that Hagrid brought Fluffy off of a quote-unquote Greek chap, and I'm like, lol. <laughs> Lol. It's <laughs> always like buying things from people that he doesn't know the names of. <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh, that guy! Oh, you got a weird, decision. a weird animal out back? Yes, I will buy it from you. Right. Front page, chapter twelve. Chapter twelve, front page. I mean, my first one is just Fred and George bouncing snowballs off Quirrell's turban is hilarious. Yeah, that's my, that's basically my first one, is that they're literally <laughs> throwing snowballs at Lord Voldemort. And it's great. <laughs> it's so It's, funny. like, very underrated. I hope that they look back on that and they're just, like, really amused. My next front page is Hogwarts is so cold. Why the fuck is it so cold? It's literally full of people who can do magic. Like, why is yeah, it drafty? Think... Like, this not... It's in education for me, but we can talk about it now. I don't care. Um, I wrote in my book, Central Heat, fuckers, and then this is child endangerment. <laughs> it is child endangerment. They it's not. They can see their breath inside. In a classroom. How is it? And they don't have any pants how on. How is literally anyone? No one is going to, no one is going to, how are they going to learn when they're like, I can't feel my calves because i'm not wearing pants and it's freezing why isn't anyone like magically doing a thing to make it not drafty and cold like you're literal wizards like what the fuck completely inappropriate it like really it really upsets me especially because like if my body is for more than like i 20 minutes exposed to temperatures that are like below 70 my joints just start like seizing up and it's real bad and i like i cannot i cannot imagine living in a castle where i could see my breath inside like i would i would be a freaking mess so it's horrible and then my other piece with that is why is Hermione's fire not allowed? The adults aren't doing anything <laughs> to keep these children warm, so they have to let the children do it themselves. Oh yeah. She should be, like, everyone should be carrying these in jars because they're all fucking cold. They're so cold. These little tiny babies, and they're so cold. It's never described as being this cold in the castle again in later books, which I hope means that someone, like, took Rowling aside and was like, excuse me, you may not have these children be this cold for the next six years. It's not okay. And she was like, oh, really good point. I should put fires in the classroom. Yeah, it should not be cold in these classrooms. (sighs) No. 
next chapter 12 is like would the weasleys really go to romania and leave their kids on christmas i don't think so personally (laughs) they can literally go visit charlie anytime they want and not leave their five underage children alone at school for the holidays right i mean i don't know I mean, maybe they like traveling. Maybe the kids are, like, used to it. Like, they go to Egypt in a couple of books when they win that author wins that money. So. Yeah, but that doesn't, it's just not, it's not the right occasion. Like, you see your kids two months a year and the one break that they get in the middle to come home, you're like, no, sorry, we're going to go visit your brother. I don't know. I think also this is, like, a little bit me bringing some personal stuff into it because my dad and stepmom while two of my siblings were still in high school started leaving for christmas every year and like one of my step siblings who was like still living with them didn't like have a christmas to celebrate and then like would not have somewhere to like what it just was extremely inappropriate and upsetting and i just feel like that's not a thing that you should do to children and also especially because the weasleys literally never get to see their kids it just doesn't seem like a thing that they would do yeah that is a good point my next point is that so harry gets uh like 50 cents from the dursleys do you think that like McGonagall had to email every all the first years to be like, hey, or like the kids from like Muggle families to be like, hey, send us some stuff so your kids can have gifts at Christmas? I, yeah. So because it says we received your message and enclosed your gift, so like, what? message and did it come via owl and if so why didn't vernon kill the owl (laughs) (laughs) how did they mail it to the school maybe i don't know i hope that mcgonagall just stepped in to be like i'm just gonna send them a letter in the mail like like muggles do and they can just mail it back to me and there won't be owls i hope so but also why i mean this is the best gift they give harry for the remainder of the books to the point, I don't remember which book it is, where they sent him a <laughs> tissue. I was just th- like, I was just trying to remember which book that was. <laughs> and Harry's so nonchalant about it. Just, but that's right, relating back to I think episode one, where we talk about just how like intensely, how much energy they put into making him feel bad because like. The amount of effort it takes to put something in the mail in order to send someone a single tissue is like, holy shit, you hate him. Yeah. Anyway, we'll revisit that in three <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about the Weasley sweaters? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, as someone who knits, I'm like, you know, I think the fact that Molly, like, gives Harry a sweater is just, like, so kind and so nice. And that 
as much as we talk about how the twins are kind of jerks, they are very proud of their sweaters. And it's just very, like, endearing how they're like, oh, no, you're going to fucking wear your sweater. We're going to sit at Christmas. You're going to, we're going to make this happen. And it's just like, they're so proud of their mom. They are really, really sweet in this chapter. Also, their joke about that you don't have a letter she must not think that you forget your name it's like like i laughed out loud and i've read this book like 300 times <laughs> it's just yeah it's real cute um but i i do i like the sweaters i don't like that ron's is always a color that he doesn't like yeah it really bums me out and that she buys him dress robes that are that color. Like, come on, stop trying to force this color on your kid. He doesn't like Or, like, like stop it. confusing him for the son who actually likes maroon. Right. <laughs> She's like, wait, which one was that? It's one of you. It's one of the kids. <sighs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, that makes me. Yeah, no, sad, it is, it but... is, it is really sad. I hope that one day Ron gets a wheezy sweater of the color of whatever his favorite color is i don't think we ever learned that but no i don't think we do i bet he looks great in blue i feel like redheads look great in blue usually compliments their hair color yeah uh and then haggard's present just makes my makes me put my hand to my I know. heart a little whistle sounds so like great. an owl so you sweet. know it is so sweet <laughs> um my next thing is about the crackers. Okay. Just, they make a cannon blast, which just reading about makes my nerves stand on end. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the sound that normal Christmas crackers make makes me jump. So one that sounds like a fucking cannon makes me want to die. And then... I feel like I, feel like I know you're going to bring this up. Because yeah, it's just like... And imagine, like, not just one, but, like, a dozen crackers going off at once. You'd be like, someone please, please stop. And the Great please Hall is probably stop. so echoey when there aren't very many people in it. You know what it is. Um, also, why are there live mice in the crackers? What are they doing in this yeah. freaking world? Yeah, some... Yeah, because, like, if you're not in a castle full of cats, like, you're in your house, and then you have just, like, live mice in your home. Like who, want, like, who, who wants, wants that? that? And it, it's not like they come out, like, in a tank. So it's like, here's a pet that came, an unwanted <laughs> pet that came out of your Christmas cracker. They're just loose. Frustrated yeah. hand motions. Yes, they, de- ah! they, de- <laughs> they, they definitely became Mrs. Norris' Christmas dinner. Miss Norris or, like, one of the other 200 cats that live at Hogwarts. <laughs> oh no Uh, I also want to bring up how wasted Hagrid gets at Christmas he sure does but they kind of all do which is probably really funny to watch Dumbledore in a bonnet got a little heart in my book and then McGonagall in a top hat got the word hot over and over and over hot 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 I have I wrote it down in like capital letters that she's in a fucking top hat and I'm like Yeah. Just how are you so right? great? Oh god, I wanna see her in a top hat. Why doesn't she I always know. wear a top hat? Why doesn't she borrow Madame Bones' monocle? 
call me. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I only have one more front page thing. Okay, I have like 50. That's not true. I have have four, (laughs) but... It's so rude of Harry to ask Dumbledore what he would see in the mirror that I'm like taken aback. Like, uh-huh. wow. It was really funny because I like, wrote that's just... such a personal question. And then on the next page, Harry's like, that's such a personal question. And I was like, good job, buddy. <laughs> I'm glad you figured that out. Yeah. Oh, but he's 11. I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like Harry, I do suspect Dumbledore would see his family alive. And his boyfriend not in jail. So. Yeah, but also Dumbledore's whatever, uh, like how much he loves socks and how no one gets them for him and they insist on giving him books definitely is like, I really liked, I just really liked that. They will insist on giving me books. I just bracketed it and drew a heart. (laughs) I just, I just really like that little (laughs) passage. I mean, he's probably right about the socks. About how he about how socks are better than books. You're gonna need some wool socks very, in this castle. Very good point. People are probably like, here's some books, and it's like, cool, my. <laughs> You're like weaving the paper from the books into like little boot, <laughs> boot insulators. <laughs> um, the feelings that Harry has about the cloak are very sad. Just like this one thing that he has from his dad and like him reckoning with it just really hit me in the feels yeah <laughs> when he's looking in the mirror yeah. sorry go ahead oh my no sorry i'm, re- I'm responding okay. to your thing yeah. when he's looking in the mirror he's he says he he calls them all the potters and i just like want to get in there and be like harry Every one of these humans with the green eyes is your mom's family. Those are the Evanses. I'm sorry they're related to Petunia. Like, I know that's a bummer for you. But <laughs> stop pretending these are all potters. That's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that he's like, that dude's knees look like mine. I didn't like that a whole lot. Yeah, is that dude, like, wearing, like, shorts? Like, is he, like, how, Lederhosen. how does he know I hope he's wearing Lederhosen. <laughs> And then Harry, oh, Harry and Ron being excited to see each other's families is so it's... sweet. I know. Oh, it's so tender. It is. And then my last one related to the mirror is how long do you think it took for Rowling to split up the backwards words to until they seemed like elvish? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was one go. No, I would say it was probably four or five goes. Yeah. Was, at, at the least. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Okay, my first one is just a little patriarchy watch because of Wood's <laughs> okay men when literally half of his Quidditch team is women. Just fuck off would uh yeah. nope to that yeah read read the room dude 
Like literally. literally also, mean. apparently, this is like a speech that's given so regularly that Fred and George have it memorized. And so, does that mean that every single time he says "Okay, men," and then Angelina says "And women," and he says "And women," and then he proceeds? Because at some point, you could just like stop doing that. That would be fine. What I think is it's at a point where it does just happen like that every time. I bet Wood thinks that he's joking and Angelica is like, fuck you, dude. I don't think he knows how to joke. We never see evidence of Wood being capable of making a joke in the entire series. Then he is being sincere, then, which is somehow worse. It's totally worse. Just stop it. Anyway. Uh, Malfoy choosing to make fun of Harry for not having a proper family is such garbage it is it is pretty monstrous but it's also like the kind of like bullshit that you'd expect to get from Malfoy at this point i just i feel like god i wish that there was a line and i wish that this was on the other side of the line like too that's too far haha you grew up in an abusive household because your parents were murdered are you kidding yeah draco's a dick like, I mean, I feel like, yeah, like, he definitely goes in much harder than, like, you ever would need to. So. Yeah. Uh, and then it's time for the NSA watch. Dumbledore, what are you doing? You can't do this. I wrote fucking creepy. Actually, I think when I wrote it in my book, I wrote fucking creepy with like a period in between each letter for emphasis. (laughs) Dumbledore, stop it. This is so wildly inappropriate. You should be fired immediately. That's what I. Here, you can see it. Fucking creepy. (laughs) I don't like it. <laughs> and you know what the worst part is? Because there is a worst what part to this, which I do end up bringing up, is that he has none of this creepy, omnipresent watching at the Quidditch game where Harry is nearly murdered. Excellent point. Like, bro. For real. Bro. <sighs> like, what are you doing walking around the castle invisible in the middle of the night spying on children? And then. Yes, exactly. Great point. Never paying enough attention to what is going on in the day-to-day when your teachers are literally, like, being completely negligent somewhere in the spectrum from completely negligent to downright abusive to your students. And in that case, attempting to murder your chosen child... You're just nowhere to be found. It's a bad look. Oh, it's, it's a bad look. If any adult I mean, ever found out that he was invisibly watching children, they would like they would fucking throw him in the lake. I hope. I don't just like. I mean, considering all the other footage that happens that no one is concerned about, I don't know if they would be. I will say though, I do wonder if. He's just watching the the room that has the mirror in it. 
it makes it doesn't make it as fucked up that he still watched them invisibly for like two days before he shows himself. But like, I don't know if it means that he's like creeping around the castle as much as like keeping an eye on this incredibly dangerous magical thing. Is he just never sleeping? He just like monitors this room. I think if you're a Dumbledore, I feel like you definitely don't sleep very well. That's you. true. Like he he definitely has like night terrors, <laughs> night terrors, insomnia, like. Whatever it's called when your thoughts race at night and you cannot relax. Ruminating. He has that. Yeah, I got that. I am very familiar <laughs> yeah. with that. That's why we need some dreamless sleep potion. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Tears. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to op-eds slash editorials, where we rant about stuff. My first thing is that Hermione is such a people pleaser. Like, she's, like, checking their... She's checking Ron and Harry's homework on top of what we can greatly assume is her own homework that she spends a lot of time on it because she's an overachiever. (laughs) And I'm like, girl, like, you need to relax. Yeah, this it's is still gonna be the your one that Check I have. Homework. I'm with you. Ron and Harry are terrible friends. Uh, people pleaser is a great way to put it. I wrote Hermione must be desperate in order to hang out with them. <laughs> I mean, both. I think both. they're awful to her. They're not very nice to her. She does their homework. They say rule breaking makes her nicer, which like fuck you it was like every interaction detailed between the three of them i just wrote ug in all caps next to it because like i hate it i hate the way they treat her when harry's like oh i'm reading quidditch through the ages it's actually a really interesting book like that book that you made fun of hermione for reading in the last chapter you're an ass harry like you're you're dang asshole and i don't like it at all and you don't deserve her i mean who does deserve hermione is really the question that is a really good question <laughs> yeah i wish hermione had other friends yeah it, like just one other put friend. her in ravenclaw she'd had friends in ravenclaw <laughs> yeah um and then ron says to hermione Honestly, Hermione, you think all teachers are saints or something, snapped Ron. I'm with Harry. I wouldn't put anything past Snape. What's he after? Just fuck off, Ron. Don't talk to people that way. Go fall in a hole. Throw them all away. That's it. That's <laughs> the end of my offense. Throw Harry and Ron away. Get, I'm over it. Get 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 Hermione new friends. 1996 or whenever this book is supposed to be taking place Mm -hmm. in um i don't really know where it goes but i do feel like we need to talk more about harry and the mirror like is there a weeping emoji section of the newspaper because it's so sad And we've kind of brought it up a couple places, but it doesn't really fit anywhere. I guess we can just put it in the front page, but like, yeah, I think we need to talk about it. No, I think that's actually, I think we should. Um, I actually do have a 
couple of notes about the mirror. Actually, my one note is that like mirror of is this like the worst magical object we've like we see in the books? Because I think it might be. Like this is yeah. terrible. It really is. And it's like it's just so tender and pure that like Harry right like his 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 grandish deepest desires to see his family, which is just such a basic thing for him. Like he has never he spent eleven years not knowing what his parents look like. It's just so sad. Yeah, he has to deduce that those are his parents. Oh, it's so tragic. Yeah. And I think I think that because he is eleven, the fact that his like heart's desire is to have a family, um, it speaks it speaks really uh, profoundly about how bad his upbringing was because he's eleven. Yeah, you know, Ron's vision makes a lot more sense for an eleven-year-old. Harry's life has been so so tragic it just like breaks me yeah it's kind of like dumbledore dude like you should have let harry have one more day looking at his family like bro i uh, i have a question about that too because like the way that harry finds this mirror and the fact that dumbledore is like posted up in there and the whole like dumbledore like playing chess with harry in this book I kind of wonder if, like, so he gives Harry this cloak. Obviously, he knows that the first thing Harry is going to do is go out in the school in the cloak. He has to be watching. I feel like he, like, bewitched that mirror into that room after Harry went into the room. Because it just is, like, too convenient for him to have hid in the one of the hundreds of rooms in this fucking castle that has this mirror in it. Yeah. So I this this was Dumbledore's doing, yeah? Yeah, no, I totally think so. Because right, why would it be hanging out in a random classroom in an unlocked room? This like dangerous, dangerous magical artifact that's like driven people literally insane. It, yeah, with like an open door. I wonder if like what he was doing was being like, I wanna give Harry this gift slash also teach him how this mirror works for later. When I sent him into this, like, trap to murder a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not a no. trap. It's an uh, it's a, a cute obstacle course for Harry and his friends to... Anyway, we'll talk about that. But yes. No, this is... This is just too convenient for Dumbledore to have not sort of planned. Yeah. And it is kind of a gift. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, getting to see it. Oh, and the fact that his parents are crying, but this is, like, his heart's desire, so that means that, like, he made that be true. Because it's not like they're really there. So, like, when he sees what he wants, like, he sees his parents weeping and looking at him. Like, so well, they're, they're weeping because they, they want to be dead. with him so badly, which I think is part of Harry's desire, is to be wanted as for someone in his family to want to be with him as much as he wants his family. I am like literally about to start (laughs) crying. This is so sad. It's so sad. 
It's a really, it is a really sad thing that happens to an 11 year old child, which is very sad. <sighs> right? When, when him and Ron are fighting over who gets to look in the mirror and Harry's like, you're only holding the Quidditch cup. What's interesting about that? I want to see my parents. I wrote, oh, golly. <laughs> it just seems like it has the potential to escalate so badly. Yeah. And whew, dang, for like such good reason. It's a rough, it's a rough situation. It is, rough. It, is, it is a rough situation. And it's actually surprisingly wise of Ron the next day to be like, dude, just don't. Just don't do that. Just stop going to the mirror. Like, this isn't good. You know? And it's yeah. like, that's, I don't know. I was, just, I was just like, it's just very deep for Ron to be like, dude, don't do it. Yeah. It, oof. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would be terrified to look in that mirror and find out what the answer was. You know, I was thinking about it on my bus ride today because i was trying to think about if i would want to see whatever was in that mirror and it's hard because like one of the issues i'm working out in therapy is being able to visualize things that i want because <laughs> i don't know and it's hard for me to like think about those things so part of me's like oh i could just give a whole lot of therapy if i could just like look in a mirror and be like that's what my, that's what I want in my life, but then also deeply horrifying and s- scary to be like what what that thing is, you know? Yeah, and then also like what what both Harry and Ron see are impossible. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, I feel like it could only be upsetting to look in that mirror and see what you're like pining after because I. I feel like realistically, it's never going to show you something that you can actually have yeah. or accomplish. Yeah, which which Dumbledore mentions in his description. Yeah. And then you just have to sort of like... I mean, we're all constantly disappointing ourselves anyway. But then to like have access to this like irrefutable information of like how badly you're disappointed oh all the time... I think it would be horrible. I, th- I think I would run the fuck away if someone offered me a peek in that mirror. I think this is why it's like one of the worst magical objects that is described in, in these books. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's terrible. Um, I do have a lighter note, though, for you. Okay. <laughs> is that... I feel like the description of the mirror feels like a really cynical view of, like, something like Twitter. <laughs> It's like men have wasted away before entranced by what they have seen or been driven mad, not knowing if what it shows is real or even possible. And I'm just like, I feel that way every day on like Facebook and like Twitter. And I'm just like. (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. Dark, dark desires there. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. (laughs) So maybe we already have looked into it, and it is. Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the the mirror is literally just me constantly watching the downloads of our podcast. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I see myself with a perfectly edited <laughs> podcast and two hundred reviews on iTunes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All I see when I look in the mirror is people finally listening to episode 2A. <laughs> what are you all doing? It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Ron on the train right now. I'm just like telling the entire audience all of my insecurities. I think I think we both oh. we both had a moment today. So yeah, love us. <laughs> Please give us eternal validation. <laughs> Even if you don't listen, will you all just please let episode 2A go play through silently on your phones while you're at work today so that I can feel better about the fact that it doesn't have as many downloads as the rest of our episodes. If you do want to listen, though, we do talk a lot about Harry driving a semi-truck into Voldemort, so I don't know why you would miss out It's great that. stuff, you guys. It's great stuff. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Hagrid should absolutely not be allowed to have the kind of relationship that he has with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. That's not an appropriate student-teacher relationship. It's I know we love Hagrid and we like want them to have that relationship, but it's like really not okay for them to be alone in his hut with him all the time. Yeah. It's it's a little bit upsetting um and then made more upsetting by the fact that he is constantly baiting them with information and i refuse to believe that it's not intentional (laughs) like it's always like just enough to get them like super interested because they are 11 and they can't do anything other than be interested yeah and it's Like, the way that it goes, he tells them that the dog is guarding something. Forget that dog. Forget what it's guarding. That's between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. It's like, you didn't fuck up by accident, Hagrid. Why did you tell them that? Like, this is not okay behavior. I find it upsetting. I mean, honestly, I I kind of do think that he can't help himself. What I do think is that Dumbledore uses Hagrid's complete inability to keep anything a secret to, like... Leak information. Yeah, because I feel like kind of this whole book is... I honestly feel like it's sort of like Dumbledore baiting Harry as much as Dumbledore is trying to, like, quote-unquote, like, bait Voldemort into this, like, sort of weird trap thing. Or whatever is happening. Yeah, uh i right because that's the other thing is like the other really inappropriate thing between teachers and students here is dumbledore giving harry the cloak harry is 11 years old he can use an invisibility cloak for precisely one thing which is being bad (laughs) breaking rules (laughs) sneaking around the castle and uh, really like let's be real about what like pubescent boys would use an invisibility cloak for and it's not okay and like you cannot it it is so it is so inappropriate i hate that dumbledore gave harry this fucking cloak i actually 
actually kind of was also wondering like what was he thinking i mean so number one is that he is that dumbledore clearly does not realize that the cloak is the last is the last is a is a hollow no he does but like why would he give it to like i don't i don't i mean but he still gives it to harry and i'm like this what yeah he tells us in the last book or whatever once he's dead like he has two of the three but like he was he wasn't a good enough person to like unite the hollows only harry was or something like that but he he knew he re- that's why he borrowed it from james but yes why are you giving an 11 year old an invisibility cloak that's super not okay and like we're really lucky that harry and ron are like somehow incredibly emotionally mature in some ways and are not like so entrenched in like toxic masculinity that they're gonna like go hang out in the girl's bathroom invisible but like realistically that is what an 11 year old boy would do with an invisibility cloak and it's like really really disturbing or like i don't know steal things yeah, all sorts. Right. I mean, I think there's like a lot of terrible things that they would get up to with that. But like the most upsetting one to me is like the ways that that like, you know, pubescent boys statistically yeah. interact with the world. Um, so, so you having said that, it actually makes me think that I bet there's some rule at Hogwarts, even though we know the rules like don't matter. They probably can't have one at school for that exact reason. And so the feather hair even, the devil even gave Harry this cloak at school is probably breaking one, if not numerous school rules. Cause you can't, like, right. You wouldn't like, you couldn't trust children. Like you couldn't trust children with like to have an invisibility cloak, like at a school like this. No. So. No, the amount, the amount of things that they, that they could, the amount of damage that they could do to other students with that, cloak is like so so large that it's like really profoundly not okay to do that so i'll like it (laughs) (laughs) okay i feel like i feel like we should relabel this section our feminist killjoy section of the newspaper (laughs) (laughs) in which we ruin everything that you love about these Oh yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm, it's I'm, our I'm, newspaper. We can do whatever we want. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I'm joking too. <laughs> We're all joking. Everyone's joking. Just chill out. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the advice section, where we offer unsolicited advice, which is different from our advice column. Where characters from this book write to us for advice. And if you want to write to us for advice on behalf of a character in the book, please feel free to email us any question that you have. You know, my advice is for McGonagall is that if she, you know, really cares about the sport of Quidditch, that she should demand that literally anyone else referee. Maybe not literally anyone else because we do see Snape referee at some point and it does not go That's very true. well. <laughs> anyone that cares, that actually cares about children. <laughs> and isn't 
ahead of house. And is it ahead of house? Can I just say, though, that when you first started saying it, I really hoped that you were going to say that your advice to McGonagall was to always wear a top hat, <laughs> which I think apparently just means that that's my advice for McGonagall, because I want to see her in a top hat more you sh- often. That, that should be your advice. She should just she should never wear anything that's not a top hat. <laughs> does, that, does that mean strictly a top hat and nothing I mean, else? no, I mean she should wear clothing and then also a top hat. <laughs> it's it is extra hot though especially because she carries a walking stick walking stick and top hat that is that is a good look but hogwarts is very cold (laughs) but not at school it is and also we're trying to make hogwarts a more appropriate place for children so okay we so much Maybe our our first outro word is education reform. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. Next week, you will get the mini-sode about these same chapters. So look for that. If you want to, get a, if you want to stay in touch with The Gaily Prophet, um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. And if you want to write into us and let us know your educational reforms for Hogwarts, um, our email address is thegailyprophet at gmail.com. You can also now find us on our website, which is thegailyprofit.com, where you can see all of the episode art that goes with the titles of each week's episode. It's very silly Photoshop that I make. You can also see very, very excitingly, you can see the comic strips that are now coming out weekly by Theo, Julie, and Forrester that are inspired by the week's episode. So that's definitely worth checking out over there. We'll also, of course, post those things on our socials, but the website's pretty cool, if I do say so myself, given that I made it. <laughs> uh, okay, so go on over, check out our website. Also, please, please, please do go leave us a review and a rating of five stars, good reviews only, on iTunes. It's really helpful. Uh, we're still doing the whole sticker thing, but that is not the whole reason that you should do that. It's because it's like such a simple and easy way for you to help us out and support us and help other people find our podcast. And we will be so grateful to you if you go over there and do that. And if you want to support us financially, if you can, um, we have a, a, a Patreon account where we will soon have Patreon exclusive content. Only for our Patreon subscribers. And uh, we're at patreon.com slash thegellyprofit. And if you want to follow me in between episodes and look at pictures of my cats, um, I am on Instagram at live from Detroit. I'm on Twitter at jesse underscore Detroit. And you can find me on the internet at larkmalachi.com it's l-a-r-k-m-a-l-a-k-a-i.com which is the website where you can learn more about my practice where i help people feel better using various modalities that i have mentioned many a time i am also on instagram at larkmalachi and on instagram at radical healer 
Our logo is designed by Theo Julian Forrester, who you can find on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. And our the music and our theme song and our spoiler warning are both by Kevin McLeod. The show notes have the information on that. And our spoiler warning was recorded by the incredible Sarah Sarwar. And with that, until next time. Improper. Yule. Cerberus. Sports ball. Improper. Sports ball. Yule. Cerebus. Wait, is that how you pronounce three-headed dogs? Oh, Cerebus. What do we got? I don't know. I don't know what we have. Weird sounds that I can make with my mouth.